I've told you before how much I like Blasoma's Glow Face Mask. That really fabulous powdered mask that has turmeric and amino acids and just feels so nice and clearing on the skin. But today I want to tell you about their Mild Rice Cleanser. I used to think that all facial cleansers and face wash was created equal, but it totally isn't. You know when you use a face wash and it leaves your skin tight? I used to think that, that was good. It's actually awful. It means it's stripping all of the oils from your skin. And what I like about the Vlasoma cleanser is that it is gentle enough to leave my skin as moisturized and ideally supple as it needs to be before I am putting on my facial products. And what's nice about it as well is that I feel like it's gentle enough to use both in the morning and the night. At night, I like it right before I go to bed, but in the morning, if I'm using a retinol product overnight or something that I know is quite harming if in the sun, I want to wash my face. And I find that the mild rice cleanser from Blasoma is the only thing that really gets the job done and allows me to continue feeling my best. If you want to check it out for yourself, you can use code ECOCHIC at Blasoma.com. That's B-L-I-S-S-O-M-A.com, code ECOCHIC. Everything you do is making an impact in this world. This is not an elitist issue. This is a quality of life issue. How dare you? And I feel like it's my responsibility as a human being. So what? The world is at stake. You're listening to Eco Chic, a podcast about climate, sustainability, and eco-conscious lifestyles. What? Like it's hard? Hey y'all, welcome back to Eco Chic. It is so nice to have you here again this week. My name is Laura Diaz, and I'm excited about today's episode because we haven't had a quickie solo episode in a little while. Last week, we spoke with Dr. Renee Lertzman on climate anxiety, climate trauma, and that was an excellent conversation if you have not tuned in yet. So definitely recommend that one. And we've had a lot of awesome guests lately. So if you're looking for value, this is the place to be. However, today's episode is looking ahead, thinking about our spending habits as we approach the holiday season. Part of me feels like it's too early to talk about spending and the holidays and conscious consumption, but this week will be Amazon Prime Day, Amazon Prime Week, and you'll start thinking about how you're going to be spending for the holidays. And the whole point of Prime Day, I want to just emphasize, is that Amazon is getting you to think about how easy it is to shop with them, and it's starting to kind of creep into your lifestyle and creep into your shopping list. So I think it's really helpful as we actually move towards Halloween and after that it's immediately holiday season. If you are in a position to be spending money this year, this holiday season, I think it's really helpful to just remind ourselves what our values are when it comes to conscious consumption. And I do want to give credit where credit is due. I saw a Reels, a TikTok by the account Activism. She listens to the podcast, so hello, Megan. I'll go ahead and link her account in the show notes if you'd like to check it out. And she has a lot of really great videos, and some of them do touch on questions she asks herself before she is buying a new piece of clothing. And I thought this was awesome because it got me thinking a lot about an episode that came out on Black Friday last year called Three Tips for Conscious Consumption. And I basically posed three questions to just help your shopping habits, really, to help you think more deeply about where you're spending your money and what brands you're supporting. So I really, really liked that episode. And that's an episode that really 
caught fire. It's one of my most downloaded episodes. So I thought that we could kind of expand that conversation today and just pose 10 questions to ask yourself before impulse shopping. I did ask recently on social media when I came up for the concept of this episode, if you, the audience, impulse shops. And 71% of people responded to a poll saying that, yes, we do impulse shop. And of those people that do impulse shop, 67% said that it's sometimes difficult to keep the sustainable lifestyle in mind. And I got thinking a little bit deeper about what we're spending our money on. And clothes is definitely a big one, shoes and accessories. We're thinking about homewares. And also I was very surprised to see that a lot of people are impulse shopping for things that occupy our time. So crafts, books, games, things like that, especially while we're all indoors in some form of quarantine, either coming into it or coming out of it, whatever it may be. So it seems like we all have different shopping habits and we're all kind of in this place where as we are at home and we're thinking about where we're spending our money and keeping ourselves busy, it's kind of hard to resist impulse shopping. I know I personally get really suckered into Instagram ads and things that I see being advertised by bloggers or influencers that I follow. My latest thing is booties. I keep telling myself that I don't need a pair of short white boots because how often can I truly wear them? But I keep seeing all of these advertisements and all these photos of like really beautiful outfits with white boots. So that's something that I'm holding out on. But I try to keep in mind for myself just how trendy an item is if the price is justified by the amount of times that I'd be able to wear it and then also how much I would truly enjoy the item. So I kept those concepts and those qualities in mind as I drafted today's list. So I will go ahead and get into it. If you enjoy this episode, don't forget to rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Share it with a friend if you think it's helpful. You can follow along and vote in future polls that inform episodes on social media at EcoChic Podcast. And make sure you're subscribed if you're not already wherever you listen to podcasts. So let's get into it the 10 things to ask yourself before impulse shopping. The first one is probably no surprise. Can I buy this secondhand? I think that when it comes to clothing, that's probably a place where you think, okay, I can thrift this or I can look on one of those resale apps for this particular trendy item. But I don't think that often about resale and secondhand shopping when it comes to things like homewares, when it comes to things like exercise equipment, perhaps, things that are keeping you busy. I don't necessarily need to buy a brand new spin bike. I can find one secondhand on Facebook Marketplace in my area. So thinking about buying things secondhand for things that are not just clothing. Another question that I really like to ask is, can I shop small? So if I'm going to buy something new, can I look a little bit deeper and see if there is a local store in my area, a small business, perhaps someone making a craft on Etsy? How can I make sure that my dollars are going to a small business over a big corporation if I am making that impulse purchase? And then also while you're researching businesses, small businesses, woman-owned businesses, local businesses, whatever it may be, it does inherently just push off your purchase a little bit and it helps you think more deeply about what your values are and what you're actually looking for in this item that you're purchasing. The third question is, can I rethink something I already own? So do I have something that can be hemmed or edited in some way? This is a little bit easier to think about when it comes to clothing, but I understand, like I said, from social media that a lot of us are impulse shopping for things to occupy our time. So for some personal anecdote context, my sister and I have been playing Guess Who, the board game, recently, and it definitely gets a little mundane, especially as we're both like grown-up people, not the target audience for Guess Who. We have been playing vague Guess Who, so you have to ask questions that are like, does your character sunscreen their head? 
does your character probably qualify for social security? So questions like that, they're funny, they're vague, they make you rethink what you're already playing. And then we got little post-its and wrote the names of our family, our cousins, our neighbors from our childhood neighborhood and mutual friends. Questions were like, does this person live in Florida? Does this person file a joint tax return? And now we're going to redo it with Gossip Girl characters. Like, has this person gone to jail? Does this person inherit wealth? Things like that. Just a very simple board game reimagined and just that fun creative process of like a Tuesday night rewriting all of these characters on post-it notes. So thinking about something you already own and how you can kind of revamp it and make it feel fresh again. Question number four, will I actually use this? This is a question that I think is actually really helpful and underrated. I think a lot of the time when we're shopping for things like homewares or even going back to the board game example, am I actually going to use this more than once? If I purchase this item, is it going to sit in the box or is it going to just sit on a shelf for months at a time, years at a time? I was mentioning earlier influencers and bloggers and things that I feel like I have to purchase just because I'm seeing them so often. If I'm thinking about, will I actually use this? That's incredibly helpful because it's also like seasonality. Recently, I've been thinking about air fryers. I've seen a lot of people using air fryers on social and on blogs and just different avenues. And it sounds like an awesome idea. I would love to just quickly air fry my own french fries or whatever else it is that people do in them. But realistically, like, I'm not going to use that air fryer. I'm not going to be pulling it out of my cabinet. It's clunky to store. And how many recipes can I really reimagine in an air fryer that I can't already do for myself, roasting something in the oven or whatever else it may be? So will I actually use this item? Question number five is, do I feel confident in this? And this really goes to clothing. I think it's also a really helpful question to ask yourself when you're trying to clean out your closet and practice some minimalism in that sense. But do I feel confident in this? Has this item gotten too small in the wash? Why am I holding on to it? Do I buy something knowing that it needs to be hemmed or taken in or whatever else it is? Do I want to wear it? Do I want to put it on? Do I want to pull it out of my closet when I'm feeling my best? If you don't like the way you feel in a piece of clothing, you're just not going to be wearing it. So why are you buying it? Question number six, am I falling victim to greenwashing? Am I buying an item because it has a little leaf on the label or am I buying something because I think I need it to live a sustainable lifestyle? The most sustainable option is the one that you already own. This is very true when it comes to things like really beautiful reusable water bottles or glass containers or perhaps you think you need a to-go travel set of silverware when you already have extra silverware at home. Converting your lifestyle to one that is more low waste or plastic free shouldn't really require you to purchase anything. We talked about this a little bit on the last Cheek Shots call-in episode about cultural sustainability and what people did growing up when it came to sustainability. So if you haven't listened to that episode, definitely recommend it. Question number seven, what is the true cost of this item? This was a question that I posed in that Black Friday episode I mentioned earlier, three tips for conscious consumption. And when I say true cost, that's a term that I got from the documentary True Cost. It was on Netflix. I think it's still there. But basically, it's the idea that if something is perhaps a deal that's too good to be true, let's say it's a sweatshirt that's 70% off or a homeware item that's 50% off or whatever, there's some giant discount please recognize that no one is giving you that item out of the goodness of their heart. There aren't big businesses that are willing to lose money on a particular item just because they desperately want you to have it. 
Something I have recently learned, which has given me a lot of context in my own purchases, is that a pretty standard formula for marking up an item for sale is double the production cost plus 20%. So that's to say that that $20 H&M t-shirt that you're buying already includes double of what it's taking to produce that item. It's double the cost of the materials, plus the labor, plus the shipping around the world, plus the corporate admin costs, plus whatever else goes into actually getting that t-shirt to you. Putting your price into the context of like everything that wraps up into getting that item to you, for me, that was probably what got me to stop buying fast fashion and to stop impulse shopping nearly as much as I once was. Thinking about that $20 t-shirt as encompassing all of these costs, and it's so easy to then think about our next question is, who made my clothes? What was this person getting paid? Do I agree with the labor practices that this particular building or this particular corporation or organization supports? And just thinking that there is a human at the end of every single item it is. So it's not just clothes, it's homewares, it's toys, it's anything that comes from Amazon. Thinking about the people that are actually responsible for getting that to you. How are they treated and do you support that? Question number nine, how long will I want this? Is it a trendy item? Is it going to be hard to take when I move? This is a really helpful question for me when it comes to books. I have this problem where I buy way too many hardcover books for $3 at secondhand shops. I read them, but if it's a novel or something that's not really like a reference book, I probably won't want to read it again for years. And books are heavy and I move around a lot. I'm trying to consciously become better about renting from my local library. It's been really easy actually during COVID times because my local library has a mail-in program where you can request an item and they will mail it to you and you can mail it back if you'd so desire. And I think that there are definitely other items that you can think about the trendiness of them, how long they will be useful to you. And it allows you to think about our next question, question number 10, can I borrow something similar? Can I borrow that book from a friend? Can I borrow that board game from a friend? If I'm having people over for some sort of potluck game night, can I just ask everyone to bring their favorite game instead of going out and purchasing all new games? Can I borrow a really standard black dress that I need for something from a friend? I talked recently about clothing swaps. I don't remember what episode that was on, but I think clothing swaps are a concept that is pretty common on college campuses or when you're living in close proximity to your immediate friends and family. Like I know that my sister and I always shared clothes growing up and we do again now. And I'm thinking a little bit about in college, like I always had friends around who were of similar size and styles to myself so we could share clothing. And I think as you grow out of that immediate atmosphere, it's a lot harder to consciously remind yourself of clothing swaps and just being able to say who around me has something that I could perhaps borrow for a single night. How do I not necessarily feel pressured to buy something new for this particular occasion? And while that definitely works for clothing, I also want to remind us to think about it for other things. Like I said, books are a really good one. Games are a really good one. If there's a particular homeware or an item that you just need for a single occasion that you could perhaps borrow from a friend, I think that's also really powerful. I recently had some photos taken for eco-chic promotional things, and I wanted some like really cute pillows and a couch and things like that. And that was all stuff that I was able to source from friends and from family and I didn't necessarily feel pressured to go ahead and buy these one-off items just for this one occasion. So just keeping in mind that there are definitely people around you in your circles that you can tap into if a similar opportunity arises. 
that's it for me. The 10 questions to ask yourself before impulse shopping. I hope this was a helpful episode. I hope you enjoyed this quick style format because like I said, we haven't had one in a little while and I appreciate you tuning in. Like I said, if you want to participate in the polls that go into future episodes, my socials are down below at Eco Chic Podcast. And I'd also like to take a minute to just make a formal announcement here that has been made on the newsletter. If you want to sign up for the newsletter, that's in the show notes. But the announcement is that we are closing TotallyEcoChic.com. If you have been listening to the podcast for a little while, about a year ago, TotallyEcoChic.com was launched. It's a site for sustainable products and things to kind of help in your sustainability journey. Silicone storage bags, produce bags, those are my favorite, and some other cute little things. So the shop was really a concept to help support our financial back end of the show, and it was for a really long time. And thankfully, the shop has grown and the show has grown in that year. And I just don't have the capacity to continue giving the shop the attention that it deserves. So for that reason, totallyecochic.com will be closing. We are starting to mark items down. Everything is pretty significantly discounted right now. So if you'd like to check it out, I'll leave that in the show notes as well. And I'd like to say that I just really appreciate you not only listening to the show, but anyone who has made a purchase in the past. It means a lot to me to say that you believe in the show and that you are willing to support it, support it financially. So it's been a really great experience in the last year and perhaps we'll bring it back one day. But as of right now, we have started closing. We've started the liquidation process. So I encourage you to check it out if you haven't been there in a while, if you've had your eye on something, because once it's gone, it's gone. So with that, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Eco Chic. I hope you enjoyed and I look forward to talking to you really soon. Bye. Bye.